you have ever wondered how much protein, how many carbs and fats you should be eating as an endurance athlete, today's episode is for you. I'm going to sit down with Dara Richman, who we've had on the podcast before. She is a physical therapist, a coach, and a personal trainer. She's fantastic. We're going to talk about macronutrients. If you've ever struggled with your nutrition, you don't want to miss out on this episode. Thank you so much for being here today. Last time you were on, we talked about strength training. And today, I'd love to chat with you about macronutrients and how those, what roles those play for us as endurance athletes. And for anybody who's listening who hasn't taken science class or nutrition classes in a long time, macronutrients are proteins, carbs, fats. So can we start there and just give us a quick overview of what roles those play for us specifically as endurance athletes? Yeah. So, I mean, it all kind of goes hand in hand and like, you know, I love the strength training stuff because that's just my jam, even though you know I'm a cyclist and uh, endurance athlete first and foremost. Um, but I always think that like the nutrition part is where people get a little bit like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. oh, I this. Oh my God. And it's weird. Like we never are taught this in school. Like I just, I was talking to another client about it. I'm like, that's weird that we just don't really get that much nutrition education. Um, yeah. your, your, your macros are really just your carbs, your fats, your proteins. I mean, like if that's pretty simple, most people understand what that means. Um, yes, you need all of them. Um, can you survive off of very, very low carbs and almost no carbs? You absolutely can. Is it suggested as an endurance athlete? Absolutely not. Um, despite what some people may tell you. Um, but you know, the reality is we need all of them, um, because we're not just endurance athletes. We're, we're humans that want to live long, healthy lives. And so I just have to remind people like, you know, whatever your love, whether you're a beginner or a professional athlete, and I work with everyone and anyone in between, um, you need all of them. And, and also that we're all different, you know, and, and part of my whole thing is, you know, with educate, with educating people is that like, you know, what works for me may not work for you. Like, you know, there's, there's a million different diets and ways of eating and things that work for one person that may not work for the other. And, um, there, there's, there's few, there's very few that I'm just like, that's just straight up bad. Um, but there's also, you know, you have to have some of that flexibility and understand, um, I took a nutrition course and they, they use the, the, the term bio-individuality and it really mm-hmm. means that we're all different. We're all built differently. And so, you know, being plant-based, I'm a mostly plant-based athlete myself, but that, that doesn't work for a lot of the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to try to force it down their throats and, and other people, something else, you know? So, um, you know, you need carbohydrate for fuel as a primary source. And that's, that's something that, you're going to have people say differently and people who are like low carb, this and that, but ultimately as endurance athletes, like my, my primary thing is don't, don't be scared of carbs. You need them, but just the more you are educated, the more you can make better decisions and there's less, um, less emotion tied to food. You know, it's more about being healthy and, and understand the more you understand, I think, at least for myself, the less it's stressful. Mm. Um, And that's my goal is to make food, not like a, oh my God, like, like it's not about being good or bad. It's just educating, understanding, and then fueling and the words that you use and, and not depriving yourself and feeling guilty about like guilty, this guilty. That's like, that's not, that's not my thing, you know? Right. Um, So you mentioned everybody is different. 
how do you go about finding out what works best for you? Well, so as a, as someone who's done the health coaching, like I've done multiple courses. I just love this stuff. Like I spent thousands of dollars on the education because I, I like it. I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by it. I love nutrition. I like science. So there's the idea of bioindividuality, meaning that everyone's built differently. You're, you're different than me and where, you know, your genetic makeup and your hormones and, uh, the foods that you eat and the, and your sensitivities is different. And so for me, as someone who's done a lot of like the nutrition side and the health coaching side, it's, it's, I come to it. I come to everything from an objective, like scientific background, because that's just kind of how I function. I'm a numbers gal. Yeah. Um, but then within that, you have to see what's working. Right. And so when I'm working with someone like a client, whether it's, you know, and it's mostly sports related stuff, like they want to lean up and, you know, that's kind of why I made my little meal plans and whatever is people who are athletes and that's not, they're not trying to just starve themselves. And you, you have to come with everything from a, foundation of knowledge and education. And and from there, then you have to see what works and see what doesn't. And whether you hire me as a nutrition coach or whether you do this on your own, um, as long as you have a good like foundation to start from and you can just track things, write things down, um, keep tabs on it, you'll, you'll see what's working and what isn't working. Right. So even if whatever meal plan you're on or whatever thing you're following, if you take pretty good notes and just kind of note how you feel and and crunch some numbers, you'll figure out what's working and what isn't right. Um, for, for everybody. I mean, my, the first thing that I do is if, if they really have specific goals is I want to know what their goals are. Like, are you trying to just lose, you know, change your body composition, meaning body fat percentage? Are we trying to get that lower, higher? Are we trying to gain muscle mass? Like I need to know what someone's goals are first, um, and then I need to know their activity level. And then I do the numbers and I really look at like, what is that person's, you know, there's, there's basic numbers. And I, and I outline this when I coach people uh, privately, but also just in, in my plans and stuff is like, understand like what your metabolic rate is, understand some basic things. And it's just plugging in numbers. And then once you understand that, seeing what foods you eat and and ways that you can eat healthier and make better choices based on things you're already eating, um, and so everyone's different. Everyone's numbers are going to be different. My resting metabolic rate, meaning how many calories I burn just doing nothing, just being a human, is going to be totally different than yours. Mm. And there's ways to figure it out. Like, you know, I tell, I give people cal- online calculators. You could Google it yourself. You could figure it out. And then from there, at least you have some numbers to start with. Um, and it doesn't mean you need to be like staring at numbers all day and stressing yourself out. Like, oh my God, did I hit 1500 calories? Yeah. But- I am at the end of the day, the numbers don't lie, you know? And so I don't want people to stress about it, but I want them to be educated at the very least. Like, Hey, if your resting metabolic rate right now is 1500 calories per day and you're consuming 3000 and you're not exercising at all, like the numbers don't add up. It's calories in calories out. Right. So you got to figure, you got to kind of understand some basic numbers. Now it, for a lot of people, and for endurance athletes, it's it's sometimes the opposite. Yeah. They're they're exercising for five hours or four hours and they're just not eating enough. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, dude, like you got like for athletes that I work with that I want to perform really well in racing, 
I'm telling them to eat more carbs. Like I'm trying to shove carbs down their throat every freaking chance I get because that is going to be used instantly. It's going to make them faster. It's a quick energy source. So it depends on the person. It depends on the need. It depends on the time. It depends on the day. Um, but it, but it really, it's not, my goal is to make it not super complicated and to not make people like freak out when they, when they hear me talk about the numbers, like, oh my God, I, I don't want to track my calories. I'm like, it's not that, it's not that stressful. Um, or I, I, my goal is to make it not stressful. And, and there's no, like, I don't want to have any like emotion tied to it. Like you're not bad if you ate more and you're not bad if you did whatever, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I see both sides. So just like, as a, as a thing, like I get people who are under fueling way low on their calories and people who are way over. And I'm like, dude, you didn't even do an exercise that day. Like, right. Do the math, you know? So does it all average out though? Like, so say I one day do a lot of exercise, but I'm not eating enough that day and I have a deficit and the next day I eat more and I have a rest day. Is that okay? Or do we really need to be making it more specific to the single days? Yes and no. I will say in the bigger picture, absolutely. So when people are like, oh my God, and then on the weekends, I just don't even care, whatever. I'm like, the my goal, depending on someone's goal, actually depending on anyone's goal, is to the bigger picture. And if I can get that person eating relatively well and understanding what they're eating for four to five days a week, I don't care if you totally mess up the other two days. I don't care if you eat like 12 pizzas the other days. It What really matters is, like you said, the bigger picture things are correlating and you're getting enough fuel and, or you're not completely like going crazy all those days. But I will say to get a little bit more specific. And I talk about this in, um, in, in, in my online programs and, and stuff. Um, and I actually have some, I think I have some like YouTube videos as well that I try to get people to start to figure out like, to think, to look at, look at a whole week and you're like, okay, well this day I didn't eat that much. And this day I ate more. Well, that's, that's totally fine. But like, try to have it match your work that day. Right. So if you one day didn't eat, didn't eat a lot, well maybe try to make that a day where you didn't really exercise a lot. Right. And then if one day you ate a ton, well, great. Make it a day when you rode your bike for three hours. Then, then it all adds itself. Then it all evens itself out, right? right. So, yeah, every day doesn't. Ha- and in fact, when I'm working with people, every day is not the same. I'm very specific on like, hey, on this day, you need to eat a ton because you are an endurance athlete. Like, I absolutely need you to be above your resting metabolic rate. Whereas on another day, if that's that person's rest day, or if that person, like I know, is going to be in an off season and not really training or riding at all cut calories that day. Right. You're just sitting at the computer all day. Like, well, I don't know, you know? Um, and then there's part of it is also just having people being a little bit more listening to their body. I think we're so out of touch with our bodies these days. Like I'm going to give you a number, but ultimately if you, if you're hungry, eat, right. Like don't starve yourself. Yeah. Um, and then on the other flip side, I have people who are like, oh, well, I was like below my calories all these days. Can I eat more on this day? And I'm like, you can, but if you're not hungry, don't eat it. Right. Like if your goal, if that person's goal is fat loss, like specifically they need to lose 3% body fat. Yeah. If I tell them it's it's a day where they can get more than that or double that because it's not, it's a workout day. doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you have to eat 2,500 calories. It just means that it's available to you. Like 
see how your body feels. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In in addition to counting calories, do you recommend people are tracking their macronutrients? So I take like, there's a couple of different approaches. And I think for a lot of people, I don't really have them track their calories because it becomes stressful. Um, If someone has a very specific goal, like I want to lose 10% body fat or, or usually they'll say something like I need to lose 30 pounds. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's take a step back and look at it more like a body fat percentage. Yeah. That's, that's more, that tells me more than the numbers on the scale. And so I'll say, okay, well that maybe, you know, 10% body fat, whatever. Cause they may have cardiovascular disease. I'm like, well, yeah, you, yeah, you're at risk of getting a heart attack. So we, let's do this. Um, but oftentimes what I tell people and it stresses them out less and it, and often becomes easier for them to look at is instead of just focusing on the calories, because that can kind of stress people out. Mm -hmm. I, and this is just how I work. I tend to start off by having people just look at protein first. Um, and don't worry about the calories, like don't worry about the calories. And I almost don't even worry about the macros. Like I'll, I'll get very specific with some people and I'll be like 40% should be protein and 30% da da da. Mm -hmm. To make it the most easy to start, and this is what I would suggest to anybody listening, especially if they're doing this on their own, is just start to look at protein first and just look at like, and don't track every day. I don't, even people that I'm coaching nutrition monthly, I don't have them track every day because it's stressful and they Mm -hmm. don't have time. No one has time for that. Like, I don't even have time for that. I don't care. If you can do a couple days a week, two to three days a week, and that's usually what I ask of people that I'm working with privately, I'll say, Give me two to three days a week. Either you write it down or you use an app. Like I use my fitness pal. It's free. You can track things in there for free. I love it. I'll link it when I email you some other stuff. Um, look at your protein. Just start with that first and look at how much protein you're getting in per day and try to get, for most people, it's usually I'm telling them to get more protein. Mm. And if you do that and you really start to look at that first, the more protein you take in, the more full you end up getting and it actually ends up working and and solving multiple problems. So if people focus on that and they're just like, oh yeah, I need about 130 grams of protein. And they're like, oh my God, I'm not getting enough protein. And if they get more protein, they just tend to eat other less junk. Mm -hmm. Um, And they tend to feel, feel more full. And the third reason why I look at protein is when you eat more protein, protein has more of a thermogenic effect, meaning you burn more calories by having to break down protein. So protein itself takes more energy to break down your body, your body to break it down. So, and you need it more for building muscle, right? And the more muscle you have, the more calories your body's just burning at rest and you protect yeah. your, body, your bones. Da, da, da. So I usually say, start with protein. Just look at that. Right. Um, I have a couple of like handouts that are like just free handouts and it just kind of gives people guidelines and things and protein, like at the, at the very, at, at its simplest And for endurance athletes, that numbers actually are higher than most people just because of how much you exercise and how much you're literally eating away at your muscle. Um, Most people, if if they're trying to start with just protein, I'll say, start off by, this is very generalized, your weight in pounds. So whatever you weigh in pounds, I'm like a hundred, I'm tiny. I'm like five foot one. I'm like a hundred pounds. So your weight in pounds is a good place to start with how many grams of protein you should be eating every day. So that's just a, that's just one place to start. So if you figure out how much you weigh, most people know how much they weigh in pounds, mm-hmm. most people are like, I don't know, 150 pounds or whatever. That's approximately 
and the numbers change depending on a lot of things. That's approximately how many grams of protein you should be getting every day. Now, if you really track, like I said, with people that I work with, I'm like, hey, I need three days a week. Have you tracking it for like the first month? I'll usually make them do two or three days a week. Most people are not getting that. Right. So if they increase the protein to what that number really should be, they end up just getting more full. They feel better. They feel more recovered because they're actually feeding their muscles with like things that your body needs. Um, And it doesn't mean don't eat carbs at all. It just means get more protein in. Yeah. And then they, and what, what most people end up doing is they just eat, end up eating less crap, you know, cause they're full. Um, they're not snacking on something that's like adding absolutely nothing to their, you know? Um, so if I had to give my like quick tip of the day, it'd be probably like start with protein. Yeah. And I've always do- been surprised in the past when I start tracking how much protein I'm eating. It's like never enough. I always have to do these like resets. Like, okay, now we're going to start trying to eat enough protein again. Um, for women who start following this and paying attention, they realize I'm not eating enough protein in a day. What like kind of like go-to foods or like go-to meals or snacks do you recommend to get enough protein in a day? Well, and it, it depends on the person. So like, I'm mostly a plant-based, mm-hmm. you know, person. So it's hard it when is. you're vegan and plant-based. I mean, you'd have to eat like, and like veggies have protein in them. I think some people don't even realize that. Oh, kale has protein in it. Right. Whoa. Guess what? You'd have to eat a bucket full of kale, like buckets to get enough protein. So for me and for other like vegan athletes, you're going to have to take protein shakes in. Um, you're going to, because otherwise you're going to be eating so much fiber, your stomach's going to get upset if it was just veggies and, or, um, if you were just to do nuts, that's so high calorie, then your calories are going to go through the roof. And like, you know, like ultimately if if you ate like two pounds of nuts, I don't think that's going to be great either. So nuts, you know, you can get protein from plant-based sources. It's hard. Um, tofu, um, is, is another one, um, tempeh for plant-based athletes and then protein, like a whey, well, sorry, whey is for non-vegan and right. then for vegan, like a pea protein and things like that. Um, for people who aren't vegan, much easier red meat, man, you're gonna get a ton of protein from that. And then chicken, right? Chicken, fish, shrimp, um, if we're looking at meat sources, um, any of those, like, and then, uh, egg whites and, and whey protein again, like you're going to get a scoop of whey protein. Like if you make a protein shake every day, that's 20 to 30 grams of protein. You can get very quickly. So I go the protein shake route as like one meal because most people like you, like you've noticed, like, man, it's really hard. If you're an endurance athlete, it's going to be hard to get that every day. Um, and you will notice a difference and, uh, whether it's your recovery is limited, whether you're just getting skinny, like skinny is not the goal. Like when I say, when I, when my programs say lean athlete, that doesn't mean skinny. It means you are lean, but you're strong. Yeah. You you maintain that muscle mass. And that's the hard part is people like, how do I do that? And I'm like, yeah, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. work. It means you have to actually like look at some numbers. Um, But chicken breast is an easy one for people who eat meat because it's lean, right? It's one of the leaner ones. So it's lower calorie, um, chicken breast, um, protein, you know, whey, egg whites, eggs, um, you getting into some dairy, cottage cheese, yogurts, a lot of yogurt. You can get really like 
low calorie, but you know, um, high protein content. Um, I, I have a couple, I think I have a PDF handout that lists that. I think I have two PDF handouts. I think I have one that lists protein sources. I, I usually break things down into 20 to 30 grams of protein because your body can't really take in more than that per meal. So someone who's dumping, like if you're dumping like 10 scoops of protein, then you're going to do it for the day. It's not going to work. You're, it, that's not how these things work. You have to spread things out and to really take in protein, you, you need to kind of wait about two hours between meals. So FYI, if you're getting in like 80 grams of protein in one sitting, you're not actually getting, taking all that in. Um, but I think I have a handout that has a, like a thing on like sources of protein that are about 20 grams. Oh. each. And then I have another one that was like carbs, like healthy carbs. I don't even remember all of them, but like it's common sense stuff. A lot of it. Um, it's just, it's just good to have the numbers. I think, you know, cause people just, the more you look at it, the more you just like, I, I think the more I can teach people the numbers in like a non-stressful way, it just becomes a part of your subconscious. Like you just mm-hmm. start to remember, like, you'll just make better choices. Yeah. I, I think. Um, you talked a lot about protein. What about carbs? How should we be incorporating those into our day? Yeah. So I do, um, I have, I have a couple videos. They're not, they're not available on like YouTube or anything. They're in most, mostly in my plans, but I'm happy to share some of my little tidbits. Um, carbs, you absolutely need carbs. And so to me, I look at carbs as like during workouts as fuel, hundred percent fuel, fuel, fuel. Um, because the more you can take in during aerobic workouts, mm-hmm. So I'm talking about aerobic stuff, strength training. It's a little bit less important. However, it will still help you mm-hmm. right? like CrossFit athletes and people who are doing like really intense strength training. Carbs are still going to help you. Carbs are, f- are fuel. Absolutely. And so I want people to like love carbs, understand carbs. Um, and I tend to, especially for athletes who are like, Hey, like I want to do well, like, yeah, maybe I, I need to lose like five or 10 pounds. Like I usually get that. That's like the person that's like, you know, they're, they're training hard, but they're like, I train all the time and I can't really figure this out. And I feel like I don't understand nutrition. I'm like, well, you need carbs. So during your workouts, like take them in, understand how much. And I look at it. I look at carbs the same way I look at protein grams of carbohydrate per hour. Right. So some people I'm telling them to eat more carbs during their workouts. Now, the rest of the time, if they're just sitting around at the computer all day, I don't know that they need all those carbs. So for me, that's some stuff. I talk about this a little bit more in depth in some of my programs, mm-hmm. but it's the idea of some days you're going to have more and some days you're going to have less. Um, and for me, if, if somebody, if I need them to get in all that fuel, I'm going to probably have them get in a lot of carbohydrates. It's kind of close to when they're doing their workouts because then they'll use it. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. you need carbs. Otherwise you feel horrible. You, and you won't, the thing is people think like they can go low carb and you totally can, but your top end power is going to suffer. Like right. there's no way around it. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to eat all the shot blocks and all the quick glycemic sugary things when I'm working out, because that is absolutely going to power your body and muscle and use that muscle glycogen for energy and fuel and power. So don't not eat carbs when you're working out. Like that's makes zero sense. You're never going to be as powerful as somebody who's eating more carbs. There's just no way around it. Like look at the research. That's what it is. Um, 
but then there's other times where people are just kind of going to like carb heavy meals and like, yeah, if you're not using those carbohydrates, they are just empty calories and that is going to turn into body fat. Yeah. Right. If you don't need to eat, you know, a ton of shot blocks because you're just sitting at your desk all day, then that's like, you know, a bunch of calories that you're absolutely not using for energy source. So what's your, what's your like threshold for when we should start adding in carbs on the bike? Like if you're, I assume if we're just going out to the trainer for an hour, don't need to worry about it. You know, if it's under an hour and I, and I think people have been like scared away of the idea of like, oh my God, you can't be like, I get this intermittent fasting people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, don't be fasted. It's going to kill you. It's like, it's not going to kill you. It's just like, you won't perform as well. Um, If it's less than an hour, I don't know, have a good breakfast. You have enough, you have enough muscle glycogen stores to fuel your body for an hour's worth of work. So does that mean you should do that? I don't know. Everyone's different. Like I said, some people can ride for an hour and not eat anything. Great. Do that. Depends on the effort. If it's a crit rate going as hard as possible, I would still have some quick energy source. Yeah. Like a goo, a shot block, bam, right? 45 minutes, your body's burning through a lot of stuff. Um, But I I look at it again from the numbers perspective. Um, You know, I have athletes who are doing three to four hour rides and races and I'm, I'm telling them to get in more carbs, like start off with a meal. And and again, it depends on your window of time. Like the more complex you make a carb, the longer it's going to take to digest. So if you have three hours before your ride, eat a hearty, healthy meal, eggs, scrambled toast, avocado, because you have plenty of time Mm -hmm. to digest that. Right. And if it's, if you don't have that time, then you might want to do a banana, you know, and something that's a quicker source and a toast and something that's like easier to digest. Mm -hmm hour before. Um, but it depends on the length and duration, but like, yeah, carbs, 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 you know, um, I do have a carb tips, like PDF handout. And I think it says just to summarize it quickly, I usually tend to suggest people to get in like 30 to 60 grams of carbs per hour for a longer cardio workout. Do you recommend a certain kind of carb or are they all created equal on the bike? What can we absorb more quickly and easily? Of course, I've completely forgotten that if it's like fructose, there's different carbs that work better mm-hmm. together synergistically. And I think it's fructose. Luke, I forget doing them together, but um, a lot of people will get their carbs in their drink mix because they just need to get more in. Um, cause ultimately you can't eat like a hundred shot blocks in, in an hour. Like you'll just be ill cause you need to take a lot of water with that. Right. Um, but most of those drinks have both have different sources of, of, of like a, a quick sugar to that'll get into your system better. Um, and it's just about in, it's just about getting that into your system as quickly as possible. That's really why you want to do different types of, of I think it's, I know I have to look it up again. I wrote it down. I forgot. Um, but a lot of the pre-made mixes that you can put in your drink, um, something that's super dense is just going to take too long. Like when yeah. you're, when you're on the bike, that's absolutely the time you want something. That's a, that's where I think it gets confusing is people are like, Oh, I don't want a high glycemic sugar. Cause I'm going to get diabetes. I'm like, no dude, when you're on the bike, you're burning it instantly. So you need it instantly. When you're not on the cardio and not on the bike, not on the run, yeah, you don't need to eat 
shop blocks. There's, there's no reason for that. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm saying shop blocks, but just because I'm thinking of something that's a very high glycemic, like literally the second you, it takes no time for your body to break it down and use it as energy. And people don't understand that concept that like you want a simple sugar when you're exercising, because it's so much easier to turn it into energy for your body. Right now, when you're not exercising, yeah, you don't need a bunch of like red vines and sugary stuff. Now, like every now and then, if you want to enjoy it, great. I do too. Um, but that's not the point of it then. So understanding like a more complex carb, and that could just be like whole wheat bread or whatever, you know, something yeah. that's denser and, and heartier versus like something that's a very, very quick. Um, and that's why people take those gels and those shot blocks and they have the drink mix because those sugars instantly hit you. Um, and if you've ever bonked, you know, cause like you instantly like feel like rejuvenated yeah, like, oh, right. or Coke, Coca-Cola, right. That's why people love the Coca-Cola. It's like instantly it's getting into your, your, you're re-energized. It's not just magical. Like it's just sugar. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and it's really just understanding and some of it's trial and error and some of it's, um, like if I have an athlete who is really training hard, like a lot of triathletes, especially, um, you have to train your body to take in more car. Cause if you take, just start taking in a bunch of carbohydrate, you might just feel sick. Um, and so if you look at the professional triathletes, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a couple ones, like H- Holly Lawrence is a pro triathlete, uh, Gwen Jorgensen, there's a couple of them and they, they'll literally do like these protocols where they train their gut so that they can take in mm. as much carbs as possible. Right especially while they're on the bike because they're not jumping around as much. And so they get really, really, really like high carbs. They get all this like stored energy. And so they're feeling like super strong on the bike and then they can hold that for the yeah. run. Um, and that's, that's true for ultra runners, ultra marathoners, gravel. I mean, gravel races are freaking forever. Right. Um, so it's to your benefit to know, like, but then on the flip side of it, you're like, Oh my God, I'm gonna have so many carbs. I'm going to get you know, I'm going to gain weight. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, you're not doing those five hour rides every day. So if you're not doing a five hour ride that day, don't eat all that stuff. You know? Right. At what point do you recommend adding in proteins? Like I asked this as a bike packer, right? Like I'll go out and bike for 20 hours in a day. And yeah. at some point I can no longer rely on just carbs. At what point do you have to add those proteins in? Yeah. I mean, if you just do carbs, you're going to bonk like, and, and ultimately mm-hmm. like you need like something to sustain for the like longer, like slow burning stuff, like fats and proteins and stuff. Um, and your body will use those as energy sources. So like you can survive just like on the keto and just doing pro it just, it's just takes, it takes so much work for your body to break down fat and protein, um, to use as fuel. So it's not efficient for a short, short distance right. person for a long distance person's like you, bike packing, multi-day stage events, um, you know, randoner people. I mean, I see everybody, I, you know, yeah. um, and whatever, like, yeah, you should have some peanut butter and some fats and some proteins and like, you know, a PB and J with some banana in it. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the person. It depends on what you're like, also mm-hmm. it depends on what your stomach tolerates, mm-hmm. like, you know, but yeah, if you're a couple hours in, um, or if you have many hours to go, yeah, you're going to need more fats and, and, and some people like those like rice balls. Do you ever make those oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, like those cakes, things like yep. that? Cause you can stuff like 
like bacon. Like, I mean, I think people are just doing it because it tastes great too. But like you <laughs> bacon and cheese. And if you're out there for hours, I, like I, I usually just make a sandwich, but um, I've done the rice ball thing before too. And like shove things. I mean, rice is nice. The reason why people like those is because like, it's very compact. The rice is the carbs, right? So it's easy to digest a white rice, very, very easily digestible, but then you can put, shove a bunch of stuff in there to get like the fats and the proteins in. Yeah. Right? And they hold, you know, and, and they won't get all weird on you and you put them in a Ziploc bag, but yeah, like a couple of, I mean, it depends on the event, but like anybody that's endurance based, you know, a couple of hours in should be eating something and then realizing it's going to take a while for your body to, to digest that, but it, you've got a couple hours to go. So, you know, you have all the time in the world. What about post-ride recovery? I think that's a lot, where a lot of people just get off the bike and then they don't think about eating anymore. What do you recommend yeah. for doing when you get off the bike? Yeah. And I, and I think that's like, you know, when I'm finishing, I'm a big protein shake person. Um, and I, and I, and I get a lot of my clients that are like, Oh, I don't like process to this and process that. I'm like, that's fine. You can make your own protein. I mean, I'll teach you how to make it, whatever you make your own. Um, but the second, I mean, I, I tend to buy a lot of those pre-made ones just so I can store them anywhere because the second I'm off the bike or if it's, if it's a longer workout, if it's under an hour, right. I'm not worried. Right. Just get, get it in the day. It's not going to make a huge dent in, in your training either way. But if it's a long thing, um, especially cause I'm one of those people that's never hungry really right after, mm -hmm. like I'm not one of those starving people. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that can blunt some people's sense of satiety satiety. Um, so if you're that person like me, where you're like, I'm not really that hungry. I actually feel like not hungry. I will have a protein shake and just force it down. But I like the vanilla shakes that mm -hmm. I get, like the organ shakes. Um, um, there's, there's this idea of like, right after your workout, you want to get in this 30 minute window because that's going to help with recovery the most. So people, a lot of people have been, have heard this or been told that, and there's, there's, value to that in the sense that after you do an intense exercise bout, there is a window of time where if you get in protein after your workout, you will get it into the muscles and it will improve that muscle synthesis, muscle regrowth more quickly. If you get it in within a shorter amount of time, because there's a period of time where everything's open and ready, man, you just did this big workout, your body's ready to absorb stuff. So there's value in, and that's why I do the shakes is because I want to optimize that window. I'm like, yep. oh, 30 to 60 minutes. I mean, I, I'm going to get every little iota of muscle back that I can and get stronger. That's mm -hmm. really the, get stronger and more right. muscle. The reality is that if you really look at the research, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, as long as you're getting in, like I said at the beginning, the grams of protein per day. Okay. Like if you get in in a full day. You're still going to be okay. Even if after the ride, you were like farting around and taking care of your kids or feeding your dog or whatever, as long as you got it in that day, you're still going to be okay. But the caveat to that is it matters more if you're doing high, high, high intensity work. And it matters more if you're doing a lot of strength training. Yeah. It's more important for those people. So if I have a head, so if I have me personally, if I do a, a strength training day, because, you know, I love my strength training. If I do a heavy lifting day, that's the day where I care. And this is what I tell my people too, if I'm working with them, that's the day that I care more about right after my workout. I have one of those pre-made shakes. Yeah. 
and I'm like on it within 30 to 60 minutes. Whereas if it's another day where I'm just kind of like riding around, like tootling around for two, even if it's two to three hours, mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah. Like, I'm going to eat something, but I'm not really as stressed out about it because the intensity level is lower. Um, it's not about like a really heavy lift day. It's not about a plyometric, uh, you know, interval, crazy, hard mm-hmm. bike, climby interval day. So I care, but I don't care. Um, but I-, I would say if you're one of those people that just doesn't eat enough, which is a lot of people, like they're just not getting enough fuel in. I like to just nag on people because at least it just becomes a habit. Like the protein shake thing, I will often just tell people, just do it after your workout because I would rather them just get used to the habit mm. of doing it yeah. and forget because some people just aren't eating enough. They literally just aren't. And the problem is if you aren't eating enough, not only are you losing muscle mass, but you're killing your metabolism. So especially females, like it's real. If you don't eat enough, mm body creates a new resting metabolic rate that's really low. So it now thinks that you only need a thousand calories to survive. And then the problem is if you eat above that, it it's just going to turn into fat. Mm. So you screwed yourself over by not yeah. eating. So unfortunately that happens, especially with the perimenopausal women and pre and post, because they're so wigged out. Like, Oh my God, my body's just going crazy. My yeah. metabolism is slowed. So they just start eating less. And I'm like, Yo, you've you're killing your metabolism, and now your body thinks you only need no calories. And so then, anytime you eat more because you're freaking starving, your body's like, "Oh, you don't need that. That's just fat. We don't need that." So it it it's a how do you break out of that cycle then? Carefully and unfortunately, you, a lot of people, a lot of times I'm like, "You're just gonna need to hire me or hire somebody mm-hmm. because the problem is if you just fuel if you just eat more calories, it's just gonna turn into fat. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Like it's just going to turn into fat because your body is now created a new resting metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kidding. You don't need to just hire me, but really the way to do it is, um, carefully, you have to slowly increase your metabolism back up and that's not easy. Right. It Mm -hmm. means like really figuring out like how to get things back up. And and I will say my opinion is if you do that slowly, you also want to increase some of like the strength training so that you can gain more muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is if you just increase the calories, you're just going to get fat. Literally, it's just turning into fat. So if you increase the calories and then you add strength training, you're going to increase your muscle mass. Well, now your muscle mass is going to burn more calories at rest. So that will bring your resting metabolic rate back up. So that goes back to my first talk with you about do strength training. Yeah. There's no easy answer. I mean, it's tough. If you've, if you've deprived your body for a long, and if this is men as well, I have, I have male cyclists who are not eating anything because they want to be skinny and better climbers. And I'm like, dude, that's not the answer you need to eat. Yeah. Um, but that it all goes back to everything makes still comes back full circle. Look at your protein, get more protein in, right? Like it all, it all makes sense, right? It's, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. None of it's easy. You have to keep tabs on it. You have to track some things. You have to be more mindful of some things. Some days you're going to have to be like, oh, I'm going to eat less this day. Some days I'm going to eat more this day. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the hardest things that I find is like that group of the group of women. And I'm in that group myself. So I understand it. That's me. Um, If you don't eat enough, 
your body's smart. You can't just eat less. That yeah. doesn't that's not, you can't eat less and then exercise more, especially the cardio, man. If you just eat less and then do more cardio, Rory's going to freak out, totally freak out and not I, in a good, this is, I think the biggest thing. I just know so many women who like really, them. really hard and try and survive on like 1500 calories a day. And it's just nope. not good. Now, that being said, if I'm working with somebody and they, and they're telling the goal, they want to lose 5% body fat. There's going to be days where I'm like, yeah you are going to be at 1500 calories. You're going to be at 1200 calories. But the other days, you're totally not going to be at that. Yeah. No sense. You're going to die. There's no yeah. freaking way you're going to be able to do your bike rides. Like, it's just stupid. You know, right. like I-, I can say that, but like, obviously like, you know, it's, it's emotional. Like it's stressful. Like there's so many body image, like, you know, you're bombarded with this stuff every freaking day and like, you want to be faster. And now you're feeling like, what the hell? Like I was, how did I just gain 10 pounds overnight? Like it's real. Right. Like, Hormones are real. Like, yeah, this is real answers for this. It's not like in your head. Um, it's science. Like, I, I try to just come at things from a very like, I don't know, maybe I'm just brutally honest. That's just the way that I function. Mm-hmm. But I try to make it as unemotional as possible so people don't stress. Like, take the emotion out of it. Take a step back. Just look at the numbers and and focus on the things that you can focus on. Um, and and. And that usually works for people, right? Because it's not about starving yourself because then you're just going to get stressed out and then you're going to, f- and no one can maintain that. And then they freak out and then they eat a ton and then they feel guilty and then they go back to starving themselves. And it's like, and I've done it myself, so I understand. Um, but that's not, I don't, I don't, that's not how I operate, you know? Um, yeah, it's tough. What about fat? We haven't talked about fat yet. How should we be incorporating fat into our diet? Yeah. I mean, if you really look at it from a physiological perspective, your body can survive with proteins and fats and you don't need carbs. You really don't need carbs at all. You absolutely need fats. You need fats and proteins, your brain, your hormones, your organs, your everything. Mm -hmm. So fats are great. Right. Um, and you know, there, there's something to be said for, you know, moderation of, of everything, but you know, some of those, those omegas and other fats, like, yeah, you want your eyes and your, your heart and your brain and and your everything to be functioning well. And you can use fat as fuel, right? So fat will break down and be used as an energy source. It just takes longer, Mm -hmm. but somebody who's an endurance athlete is going to need that. Right. Cause you're going to run out of like, right. Ability to just use carb. Um, so fats are super important. I mean, I think there's, there's plenty, like for me, I probably get a, a, more than most people just cause I have so many like nuts and things mm-hmm. like that as part of my diet. But yeah, fats are, fats are also very flavorful. That's yeah. why people taste good. That's why yeah. butter tastes good. Fat is flavor. I think my dad told me that he's like, fat is flavorful. And it's like, it's true. Yeah, well, totally. <laughs> like, you know, there's all sorts of, and you know, you can, the plant-based stuff um, with nuts and um, other like oils and things like that. But yeah, absolutely. Like I, I have so many things that like when I do a smoothie, it almost always has, unless it's a pre-made shake, mm-hmm. um, if I'm making like my own like protein shake or whatever, it almost always has like a nut butter. In okay. It, you know, like almond butter, cashew butter, da, 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 things like that. Um, well, first of all, I just think it tastes better. 
but um yeah you need fats yeah absolutely totally 100 um so yeah before we wrap up um yeah. can you share what programs what services are you offering right now and how can people come connect with you yeah. So I'm, I'm all over Instagram always, which is how I usually connect with you. Um, on my Instagram page, there is in my bio, there's, there's quite a few free downloadable PDFs that are the carbs for athletes, how many grams there's another one on protein. I have another one on, I think that I'll, that I'll link to on like fueling tips, recovery, post ride stuff that we talked about. Um, I have, meal plans coming out and programs. So the meal plans are just literally here's recipes. Here's things that you can do. If you're looking for the protein, you're like, what do I eat? Like, how do I make this simple? And then carbs, like what are some healthy carbs like breakfast? So that's on my website. I have courses. I I do consults. So if somebody's just like, oh my God, can you just sit down with me and explain this? Like I do that as well. Okay. Um, all of it's on my website, um, which is darasportspt.com. Um, the meal plans are called lean athlete meal plans. That's also on my website and my Instagram. Um, I do the consults. I also do like coaching, like monthly stuff for strength training, nutrition, and all that stuff. But I always tell people like message me on Instagram and just be like, Hey, can you explain this to me or whatever, or do the consult? Like a lot of times people will start with that because then I can really explain, t- I can look at your specific numbers and be like, okay, I need your age, height, weight, workouts. And then I'll kind of just like do all the math for you. Okay. And explain it. Um, but look at some of the free links too, because it's not complicated stuff. It's a lot of info, but even if you just download one of those PDFs that I have and you just remember like, oh, Dara said, to get in 20 grams of protein after my, oh, I'll just do a shake after my ride. That's a great place to start. Yeah. And I, and you just download the link and you'll see the PDF that I send you. It's easy. Awesome. And we will make sure to link those in the show notes as well. Yes. Dora, thank you. This is a ton of awesome free information. I super appreciate your time. That's a lot of info. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. That's a wrap. If you enjoyed that interview, will you please hit subscribe on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app? We have lots more exciting interviews and tips and tricks coming up. Until next time, happy riding.